ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد الله اكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر لا اله الا الله الله اكبر الله اكبر ولله الحمد we thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving us another opportunity to worship him together as a community as this is one of the things that the eid represents and that is unification of the muslim community 10 years after the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam migrated with his companions from the hostile environment of mecca to the lighted city of medina to perform hajj with the men and women of his community on the ninth day of dhuhijjah which was for us yesterday the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam prayed salatul dhuhr and asr combined on jabal ar-rahmah on the mountain of mercy and then after he finished his prayer He got up to deliver would be what would later become known as his farewell khutbah his final and last address to the muslim community as a whole it was not his last khutbah per se but it was the last time that he met with the muslim community as a whole and he addressed the muslim community with things that timeless pieces of information that would endure all the way up until our time today The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam stood up and he said ayuhan nas o people isma'u minni listen to me fa inni la adri la'alli la alqaakum ba'da 'ami hadha fi mawqifi hadha He said o people listen to me He said because perhaps I will never see you again I will never meet you again after this which he didn't sallallahu alaihi wasallam as he died a few months after this khutbah when he returned to medina his sickness began and he never recovered from that sickness to which he eventually succumbed and he told the believers ayuhan nas inna dima'akum wa amwalakum haramun alaykum ka hurmati yawmikum hadha hatta talqa rabbakum ka hurmati yawmikum hadha fi shahrikum hadha fi baladikum hadha Ala hal balagh Allahumma shahid He said oh people indeed your blood and your wealth between you are sacred it's haram your blood and your wealth are sacred 
If only we could understand that in today's time with the amount of murder between Muslims in some of the inner cities in America. Muslims who have turned Islam into a gang. Muslims who have turned Islam into a cult. Muslims who have turned Islam into everything other than what Islam was designed to be from the beginning. He said, oh people, your blood and your wealth are haram, are sacred between you. Until you meet your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, like the sacredness of this day, meaning the day of Arafah, like the sacredness of this month, meaning the month of Dhu'hijjah, like the sacredness of this land that we are in, which at the time they were in Mecca when he delivered the speech. And then he ended by saying, Allahumma, he said, Hal did I not convey the message to you? Allahumma shahad, oh Allah bear witness that I have conveyed to them your message. The Prophet ﷺ continued, he said, فَمَنْ كَانَتْ عِنْدَهُ أَمَانًا He said that whoever owes somebody something, then let him pay that trust back to the person that you owe. You owe someone money, satisfy the debt. You owe someone property, satisfy the debt. Brother, you owe someone a dowry, satisfy the debt. Sister, you owe someone the return of the dowry for khula, satisfy the debt. Before there come a day where there will be no bargaining with your money or your property. The only thing that you will bargain with on the day of judgment is your deeds. It's not something that you want to bargain with. Return the trust back to their rightful owners. The Prophet ﷺ continued. He said, He said, the pre-Islamic interests that we engaged in prior to Islam, it is null and void as for this, as for this point, from this point forward. Null and void. All of the things that we did in Jahiliyyah from this point forward are null and void. They are abolished. Replaced with the system of Islam, the just and fair system of Islam. He said, He said, and the first riba, the first interest that I am going to abolish is the interest of my uncle right here, Abbas. Abbas was a wealthy businessman. Many people owed him money. And when people would owe money, they would charge interest. You owe me 200, you're going to pay me 200% interest. 300% interest. The Prophet ﷺ said from this day forward, no more interest. And I'm starting with my uncle. He started with his own family, which means that he not only abolished the pre-Islamic system of interest, he abolished nepotism. Starting with my own family. Similar to his comment about his daughter Fatima, he said, Wallahi, if Fatima, my own daughter stole, I would cut her hand off. There was no certain you know, behaviors that we deal with with these people and then there's a different set of rules that apply to these people. There was no double standard, there was no nepotism. The Prophet ﷺ, even the playing field. Then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, The blood of Jahiliyyah, the blood from pre-Islamic times is abolished. Meaning, if you had beef, if you had problems one to one another, you killed his cousin or your cousin killed his brother. From this day forward, that is abolished. We don't continue pre-Islamic beef into Islam. And if we don't continue pre-Islamic problems in Islam, 
then min babi ona, then of course we don't create problems in Islam where this one is spilling the blood of this one because this person spilled the blood of that one. This has no place in the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ continued and said, Ayyuhan nas, O people, in the shaytan, kad yaisa an yu'bad fi ardikum hadhi, walakinnahu qad radiya an yuta'a fi masiwa dhalika, mimma tahqiruna min a'amalikum. He said, O people, shaytan has given up any hope that you will ever worship him. Shaytan knows that the muwahid, the person who has dedicated his life to tawheed, will never worship him. He has given up all hope that we will serve him. However, he creates discord and disunity and division. He creates jealousy and envy. The small, minute, small matters, the subtle ways that he gets us to obey him. Don't obey shaitan. Obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, don't obey shaitan. Innahu lakum aduwu mubeen. He is a clear enemy to you. The Prophet ﷺ, he continued, Allahumma halbalak, have I not conveyed the message to you all? Allahumma shahad, oh Allah, bear witness that I've conveyed to them the message. The Prophet ﷺ, he continued, he said, Ayyuhan nas, O people, inna nisa'akum alaykum haqqa, wa inna lakum alayhinna haqqa. He said, O men, Muslim men, your wives have a right over you. Your wives have a right over you. And O oh, women, your husbands have a right over you. He continued by saying, He said, treat the women with kindness. Treat the women with kindness. They are not like us. They don't process the world like we do. They don't approach the world like we do. They're different. And the only way that you are going to draw benefit from your woman is to leave her as she is, different. That doesn't mean give a gentle reminder here and there. That doesn't mean admonish where it's necessary. But understand that the women are not like the men. They don't receive information the way that we do. They don't learn Islam the way that we do. They learn more so with giving lessons on the spot as the situation requires. Rather than sitting down, take out a book, I'm going to teach you this or I'm going to teach you that. Understand the differences that are between us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, الْأُنْثَى And the male is not like the female. The male is not like the female. The Prophet said, That if you are going to draw any benefit from your woman, you're going to draw benefit from her by leaving her curved as she was designed to be. And if you try to straighten her, make her like you, you're gonna break her. And there are many broken women in our communities. And what do we do when we break them? We move on to the next woman. Or we say, oh, there's no good sisters in the community. Obviously, genius, after you have broken them all. And then you move on to the next cultural, you know, uh, next culture, next ethnicity. I'm going to marry from this culture. I'm going to marry from that culture after you've broken all of the women in your culture. The women are not like the men. Treat the women with kindness. Oh Allah, have I not conveyed to them the message? Oh Allah, bear witness. The Prophet ﷺ said, Ayyuhan nas, O oh people, innamal mu'min, innamal mu'minuna ikhwa. 
that indeed the Muslims are nothing but brothers and sisters to one another. The Prophet is shining light on the most important aspect of our deen and that is the brotherhood and the sisterhood of Islam. We come from different walks of life. We come from different understandings of the world, different worldviews, different perspectives, all under the banner of La ilaha illallah. You don't have to agree with me to respect me. You don't have to like me for me to give, for you to give me my rights as a Muslim. But at the same token, we cannot move forward as a community unless we are brothers and sisters in Islam. No community has ever accomplished anything individually. If they have accomplished anything, they accomplished it collectively together. That indeed the believers are nothing more than brothers. He said the believers are nothing more than brothers. So it is not permissible for a man to take the wealth of another Muslim unjustly. Oh Allah, have I not conveyed your message? Oh Allah, bear witness. He said, He said, O people, do not return back to being disbelievers after I am gone by striking the necks of one another. The Prophet is referring to the major sin of harming another Muslim being kufr. Not that you are a disbeliever, but the act of harming another Muslim, spilling the blood of another Muslim, is an act of kufr, is an act of disbelief. He said, do not return to being disbelievers after I am gone. One of you striking the neck of one another. He said, indeed, I have left two things with you. If you hold tight to them, you will never go astray after I'm gone. The book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah and my sunnah. I left you two things. If you hold tight to them, you will never go astray. And boy, is this advice needed today with the amount of darkness that we see, the confusion that we see in the world, Muslims included. Hold on to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Barakallahu liqulakum fil Qur'an al-Azim wa nafa'ani wa iyyakum bima jaa'a fihi min al-ayati wa dhikri al-hakim aqulu ma tasma'oon astaghfirullaha li wa lakum wa lisa'ili al-mu'minin min kulli dham fastaghfiruhu innahu huwa al-ghafur rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salam ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar La ilaha illallah Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Wa lillahi alhamd The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam continued He said, ayyuhal nas His last piece of advice Ayyuhal nas, O people Inna rabbukum wahid وَإِنَّ أَبَاكُمْ وَاحِدٌ كُلُّكُمْ مِنْ آدَمْ وَآدَمْ مِنْ تُرَابٌ إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ وَلَيْسَ لِعَرَبِ فَضْلٌ عَلَى أَعْجَمِ وَلَا لِأَعْجَمِ فَضْلٌ عَلَى عَرَبِ وَلَا لِأَسْوَدِ فَضْلٌ عَلَى الْأَبْيَدِ وَلَا لِأَبْيَدِ فَضْلٌ عَلَى الْأَسْوَدِ إِلَّا بِالتَّقْوَى The Prophet ﷺ said, O oh people, 
Indeed, your Lord is one. And your Lord is one. And your Father is one. All of you are from Adam, and Adam was from dirt. Indeed, the most honorable of you in the sight of Allah is the one that has the most taqwa. There is no virtue for an Arab over a non-Arab, nor for a non-Arab over an Arab, nor for a black man over a white man, nor a white man over a black man, except with one quality, and that is taqwa, God consciousness. That is the one quality that separates all of us. Not the color of your skin, not how much money you make, not your social status, your social economic status, not if you're light skin, not if you're dark skin. None of these things matter. The thing that matters the most to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that has the most taqwa. The one that has the most piety, the most righteousness, the most God consciousness in their lives. The Prophet sallallahu said, Allahumma shahad. He said, O oh Allah, bear witness that I have conveyed your message. Let those from amongst you who are present convey this message to those who are absent. This was the last piece of advice of the Prophet ﷺ to his community. How relevant is that piece of advice today? Still relevant today. All of the things that he mentioned in this khutbah. I itemized 12. They're far more than that, but I'll just recap them really quickly. Number one, the remembrance of death. He said to his people when he first started that I don't know if I'm going to meet you again. And although he said, he said it in a, in a way where maybe he didn't know, he knew exactly that his death was imminent. He knew. He knew that he was going to die. Because that Ramadan, mind you, Hajj comes after Ramadan. That same Ramadan, months before, Jibreel came down to review the Qur'an with him twice. Which was a key indicator that that was the last year he was going to live. There were many indicators. He said, Jibreel came down to review the Qur'an with me twice. Which is kind of strange because he only used to come down once every Ramadan. But this Ramadan he came down twice. So he knew that he was not going to live another year. The remembrance of death. It is the destroyer of all pleasures. Number two, the sacredness and the sanctity of the blood of the Muslim. Number three, returning the trust to those whom it belongs to. Number four, the abolishment of riba, of interest. Number five, the abolishment of nepotism and double standards. Number six, shaitan's trickery with disobedience that leads to shirk. Shaitan doesn't get you to commit shirk from the beginning. He leads you little by little by little because this, uh, sin, and this be, sin opens the door to disbelief. As the scholars, they have a saying, Sin is the gateway to disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So be mindful of the sins. Don't look at the sin itself. Look at where it's leading. What does this open the door for? Where is this leading me? We oftentimes get caught up in the sin in the moment. Well, it's not a major sin. No, it's not a major sin. But if you continue doing it, eventually it becomes a major sin. Or it opens the door for another sin, which opens the door for another sin, which eventually opens the door for kufr to disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number seven, being kind to your wives. Treating the women with kindness. Number nine, 
the brotherhood of Islam, the sisterhood of Islam. Number 10, not returning to kufr by spilling the blood of one another. This pre-Islamic behavior of not seeing the difference between a Muslim and a non-Muslim. Our lives as Muslims, we should have a scale and a gauge by which we look at people and the way that we engage people. The Muslim is not like anybody else. I don't care how bad of a Muslim they are. If they say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, they are not like anybody else. And I don't treat them, you can't treat them like everybody else. We have to be able to distinguish the people that are in front of us that, we contact, that we're in contact with in our lives. Number 11, holding fast to the Quran and the Sunnah. I can't emphasize that enough. Holding tightly to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Sunnah of the Prophet And number 12, a tawheed, a tawheed, a tawheed, brothers and sisters. The oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our entire lives revolves around this one single concept and that is making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the center of our lives. And number 13, the last one, is the abolishment of pre-Islamic racism, tribalism. There is no virtue for an Arab over a non-Arab, or an Arab, uh, a non-Arab over an Arab, or a black man over a white man, or a white man over a black man, except with one quality, and that is the quality of taqwa. I wish that we understood this. Brothers and sisters in Islam, I pray that inshallah ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives us for our sins. Boy, do we need it. Forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala soften our hearts as we engage and deal with one another with mercy and compassion. The same mercy and compassion that we want from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we are willing to extend that to one another. Brothers and sisters, I cannot emphasize enough mercy and compassion. Mercy and compassion to one another. Mercy and compassion on ourselves. Mercy and compassion for our children. Mercy and compassion, brothers and sisters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you all and accept from us all our fasting, our charity, our salat, our good deeds, and all of, all of what we do in pursuit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure. ربنا آتينا في الدنيا حسنا وفي الآخرة حسنا وقنا عذاب النار اللهم تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصل اللهم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله الله أكبر الله أكبر ولله الحمد So inshallah, what we're going to do now is um, we need um, Brother Abdul Qawi couldn't make it today. So we definitely going to need, we have two grills as you guys can see. One grill will keep for the brothers, the other grill for the sisters. So if we could get a sister to man the grill over here or woman the grill over here, queen the grill over here, and a king to king the grill over here, uh, inshallah ta'ala, that would be very helpful. Um, we are going to slaughter. For those of you who paid in advance for your slaughtering, we have the list. Uh, it's about uh, 12 people. Uh, inshallah ta'ala, we are going to leave in a few minutes to go slaughter. The place to go slaughter is literally about seven minutes from here. So if you're going to go slaughter, inshallah ta'ala, uh, if you want to slaughter, 
you can come along. I'll see if he has any more lambs available, which he probably does. Uh, the lambs are $400 and above. All right, he doesn't have any more smaller lambs, so the ones that he have are 400 and more. All right.